the Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to the Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on The Blunt Post with Vic. Uh, Later on the show, you will hear my interview with Renee Grace Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club in the studio with my producer, uh, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. Vic, good morning, man. Quick shout out to our listeners who have dived right into this fun drive headfirst with us. Indeed. Indeed. Um, as as always, uh, supporting us, listening us, listening to us, and, uh, and hopefully uh, helping us to reach our goal uh, by donating at kpfk.org. But first, let's just... Uh, Cover a few current events, if you will. <laughs> Trump seems to be a current event all the time. Uh, this time, of course, last week he was indicted for the third time. Uh, it was uh, unprecedented for him to be indicted for a second time, but now he's been indicted for the third time. So it's uh, it's it's a hot mess. <laughs> and what's really strange is he's walking around uh, sort of as if nothing has happened and he's just going to become the next president, <laughs> which considering our strange uh, political system and what happened in 2016, uh, I, I wouldn't completely rule that out. Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump, again, just doing what he does and then defying it and uh, coming up with his own reality on his truth social. <laughs> right, Ricky? Yeah, Mr. Trump has reached... um kind of a new low, I suppose. Last Friday night, special counsel uh, Jack Smith, his team made a court filing. The prosecutors for the case pointed to a Trump truth social media post uh, from earlier in the day. And they're arguing in this court filing that the former president has a, a habit of speaking publicly about the details of some of these legal proceedings. And the social media post that they highlighted, it's typical Trump rhetoric, language, whatever you want to call it. He, I was going to say tweeted, but it's it's not on Twitter. Anyways, his post read, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you, in caps, end quote. A, a spokesperson for Trump did respond, and they said that the, uh, the post that Trump made uh, is actually the definition of political speech. But still, prosecutors are worried and and want to set these limits because they think if Trump were to begin issuing public posts using details or reciting grand jury transcripts, it could be harmful to the case. Yes, even even Trump's uh, legal dignity could be a problem. Yeah, he he hasn't learned anything from January 6th. He's still bullying and threatening. Uh, so undignified for former president of the United States. Meanwhile, average Americans are suffering uh, with the cost of living, with uh, inflation. Uh, a lot of Americans are not making living wage, although they're working full-time jobs, sometimes two, two jobs. And what we're seeing is, is 
an uprising from different industries and unions. The Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA um, are on strike. Writers Guild are on strike. Unite Here, Local 11, which is a hospitality hotel workers union, uh, they're on strike. And now on Tuesday, uh, city workers are going to go on a 24-hour strike. And I believe, uh, Ricky, you have some recent details about this. Yeah. SEIU Local 721. It's a union representing thousands of county and city em- employees uh, across Southern California. Uh, over 11,000 are going to participate. These employees include sanitation workers, heavy-duty mechanics, traffic officers, engineers. And this is in light of these other strikes that have uh, kind of came down on Los Angeles. Obviously, there's the simultaneous strike, uh, the Hollywood writers and the actors. Um, And then you have the over 15,000 hotel workers that are striking uh, from Los Angeles and Orange County. (sighs) So clearly, people are hurting. Absolutely. And not enough not nearly enough as actually being done. Uh, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of rhetoric, uh, a lot of promises, politicians behind their podiums, under lights, saying all the right things. But uh, between gridlock and bureaucracy and uh, so many of our elected officials not wanting to put themselves on the line to actually push something through, uh, this is what we're faced with. We're faced with uh, our average American going to the supermarket and finding out that their bill is about 40% higher than it was a year ago. And, you know, I, uh, I've i been going and visiting uh, police stations and fire stations in the last few weeks for a project I'm working on. And, you know, you think you know by sort of reading and, and being aware of what's happening but I have to tell you, it's been a it's been an eye opening experience talking to uh, not just captains at uh, police stations and fire stations, but but the actual firefighters and officers and sergeants. Hearing their challenges has been just really incredible. One of the most shocking ones was this one: that there are firefighters who have families and such. Uh, some some of them at some point have owned houses in. Uh, San Bernardino County, Ventura County, or Riverside County, because they can't afford to buy in LA, uh, although they work for, um, you know, city of LA. And, you know, they had to do like two hour commutes each way uh, to work and such. And because of that, some of them, (laughs) get this, they live in uh, states like Texas or Tennessee, and they take a flight to Burbank Airport and take an Uber to the fire station, like let's say North Hollywood, Studio City, wherever, and work like 14 hours straight. Their shifts are 24 hours and they sleep in the in the station whenever they can. And then they take a plane back. I mean, can you imagine? And for them, they say that it's cheaper and takes less time to do that commute from like Texas or, or Tennessee to to LA and work than like let's say you know owning a house in Rancho Cucamonga or you know uh, city of Ventura or something like that uh, that's been an eye-opening one uh, another one is hearing that uh, a lot of calls from 911 are routed to fire some of them have nothing to do with fire but yet um, the fire department is sort of expected to go on these things 
some of them just complete wastes of time. And just on and on, of course, the unhoused uh, was something that came up a lot, that there are some unique problems that uh, has to do with you know encampments, things like that. There are some people who are, uh, again, not to make it sound like all homeless people are doing this, but some are stealing uh copper wires so they can sell them but for them to be able to do that they have to melt the rubber away so they're burning it which sometimes causes fires i mean there's so many stories like this uh that i've heard from from like frontline firefighters and police officers that just makes you think and and by the way both agencies both LAPD and LA Fire have a major major problem recruiting officers recruiting firefighters and retaining them. I remember 15 plus years ago, so many people wanted to be firefighters. It was a great job, great benefits, but now they have a hard time recruiting. So they are behind in their recruitment. Another surprise. So, you know, Americans are hurting while our elected uh, officials are debating and spewing uh, sound bites. This lopsidedness, it's all coming to a head and we're, we're seeing it play out. Just real quick, I just want to uh, relay a quote from Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass. Last Friday night, she said, city workers are vital to the function of services for millions of Angelinos every day into our local economy. They deserve fair contracts, and we have been bargaining in good faith with SEIU 721 since January. The city will always be available to make progress 24 hours a day, seven days a week, end quote. Yeah, Vic, so you have an interview coming up that's very informative and just a great listen. So please, uh, listeners, stick around for that interview. It's going to be coming up right after this break. Yes, it's uh, it's actually the first interview that Renee Rodriguez has given since becoming the president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. Uh, Stonewall Democratic Club, for those of you who don't know, is the most prominent and leading LGBTQ political advocacy organization. And Renee is the new president. So I'm really excited for this interview. Stay tuned. Donating your car or boat is an excellent way to help KPFK stay alive and on air. All you have to do is call 877-KPFK-AUTO. That's 877-KPFK-AUTO. And we'll take care of everything. Greetings, sisters and brothers. This is Robbie D. In 1989, I was shooting the documentary First Strike, Portrait of an Activist. My attempts at getting any sort of news coverage for the heroic acts of Katya Kamsarik breaking into Vandenberg Air Force Base and destroying several Navstar guidance systems went nowhere. There was not one print, television, or radio outlet that would advise the public of this disarmament action that was in full compliance with international law. Nobody, that is, except for KPFK. Our brave and wise radio station broke the news embargo. The subsequent press coverage allowed the public to learn of the illegal U.S. policy of first-strike targeting of other nations with nuclear weapons. Never underestimate the importance of the genuine free press. KPFK is the real deal. Peace out. The Blunt Post with Vic. Renee Grace Rodriguez is an attorney, an activist, and a community organizer, and now the new president of the nation's leading LGBTQ political advocacy organization, the Stonewall Democratic Club. Good morning, Renee, and thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? I am so excited to be here today and speak to you and your viewers. 
Likewise, first, congratulations on being the, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club, uh, the nation's leading uh, and most prominent LGBTQ political advocacy organization. I hope I did that uh, justice. Well, more than enough, we, we are arm, locked arm in arm with many Stonewall clubs throughout the country, along with Equality California and many others that are organizing and uniting um, to protect our rights and the rights of the disenfranchised in our community. Indeed. What does this um, mean to you personally to, to have the faith of your colleagues and your peers and the queer community to be elected as the new president to lead this um, leading organization? Well, I have to say, first of all, it's I, it's a responsibility that I take very, very seriously. Um, 2024 is going to be a big year for us. And we have to win that cult, this culture war that's against us right now. Um, immediately, we have to squash it. And as one of the leading organizations, there's a lot we need to do to mobilize and work, not just within our own community, but also mobilizing our allies and showing them how to be the best allies to us. And so it's something that I take very seriously. I have a strong background in Chamber of Commerce, which is typically known as a pretty conservative um, organ conservative organizations. However, in terms of putting together events and fundraisers and, and having strategic planning, um, I have a lot of good skills that have come over from the chamber that I'm bringing into Stonewall and to help lead a diverse group of, of activists into uh, fighting this battle that we need to fight. So it's also something that's quite humbling to me. Um, never in my wildest imagination would I've ever imagined myself being president of Stonewall ever. Um, and so it's just, I am, I'm humbled and I, I'm, it's an honor and a privilege and, and I hope to do a very good job. Uh, indeed. And for those listening, that you're an attorney by trade. You're an attorney that does uh, uh, state planning um, and other things here um, in L.A. Uh, and that's your background. So that's that's another um, strength that you have aside from chambers of commerce, as well as your activism. I was going to say, let me speak to that for a minute, that one of the things that you should you should know about me. First of all, I didn't go to an ABA school. I didn't come from a background of attorneys. In fact, I had started my own business being just a process server and being just um, doing some basic paralegal work for a while. And eventually I got it in my head that, wow, I'd really like to go to law school one day. And basically I put myself through law school and I paid a huge price for that. The student loan debt that's subsidized by the federal government today is is one that none of the banks want ever forgiven in any way, shape or form, even though I've paid twice the amount of principal that I've borrowed in terms of interest has been compounded over the years. I've never been able to pay it off because I just haven't had the income to do it. And I'll point out to that effect is that when I became an attorney and I like to brag about this. I, I passed the bar, the California bar the first time and that I'm still in shock. I, 25 years later, I don't know how that happened, but I did. I passed it the first time and I basically took my paralegal sign and I turned it over and said, our grace at law. So I never had a, never had a, a, a law firm that I worked under tutelage or anything like that. I'm just a scrapper doing litigation, real estate, landlord, tenant law. We've been very successful. I'm located in Chatsworth, California, and I love what I do. 
But I'll tell you what, Vic, I love activism even more. And and it shows both cases. It, it definitely shows. Um, yeah, thank you for that. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. We are always here on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Uh, I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and I'm actually doing an interview with Renee Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. So let's go back to um, Stonewall. Yes. Uh, in terms of in terms of the positioning of Stonewall uh, in this almost election year, important election year, uh, where are you at, uh, and what's your perspective on the current status of of all of this? Well, I think one of the things that that we should take a look at proceeding coming into um, coming into this time frame is that we have been um, more and more people are realizing in terms of the two political parties that sometimes there's areas of interest that they're kind of like opposite sides of the same coin in terms of they're protecting the same interest, corporate interest and wealth that's out there. And first time, sometimes Democratic clubs become basically the the little army for the same corporate Democratic policies and principles, and they support the same candidates that do that. But what's been happening, and you've seen it in the Republican Party, but it hasn't been very successful, where we have a whole different kind of Republican taking over now in terms of MAGA, uh, Christian nationalism, those sorts of things going on. And But we're seeing the same kind of thing happen in Stonewall and in the Democratic Party, that we are moving to much greater awareness about this, um, the role money and finance plays into politics and how it influences people. And more and more people like myself are getting on board and saying, wait a minute, if we're going to get taxed, then we should be able to use that money to benefit people and not bail out corporate America every time they have a difficulty. There is no trickle down. It doesn't trickle down to us. And as a result of that, that important influence impacted Stonewall because that became a changing of the garden Stonewall. For the longest time, Stonewall supported the same old democratic policies that were there. And we had lost our way a bit in our terms of our activist roots in terms of how we were always on the leading edge, cutting edge, pr- pr- uh, pushing for progressive policies and policies that benefited our community, but not just our community, because it's not just LGBTQ people that are marginalized. It's also people that are poor, because we make up a big part of that you know, a, a class of people that we don't have a lot of wealth and we want to be able to move to a position that if we're going to have government in, you know, in our lives, our government should be serving us. We are, we, the people should be served by it. So in that revolution, I got caught up in that revolution with our prior president, Alex Mahajer, amazing individual running for Senate. Please vote for him in, or- in, yes. in Irvine. He's an amazing individual. And he, helped me to grow in ways I never imagined. He challenged me to say, we can do this. We can change the system if we unite and work together. And that's what has happened. Stonewall, under his tutelage, has become the most diverse I've ever seen in terms of its leadership. Its policies have become more progressive and we're fighting harder than ever now within the Democratic Party to do the right thing, to stand by people. And we're gaining traction. There is such a movement of progressivism within the Democratic Party that um, it's growing, it's surging, and that's leading us right up to what going on in the rest of this country and what we're headed into in 2024, because people are starting to wake up and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, 
corporate America can pay the Democratic Party and the Republican Party wherever they are and get whatever they want. But at the end of the day, if we don't have candidates that are loyal to people and we don't support those candidates and we don't get busy being out there canvassing, talking to one another, then that's not going to happen. And what I'm saying is we are positioned, Stonewall is very well positioned because of the change that we've had, that we've undergone. We have in this um, this season, we have six vice presidents and we have me as the as the president. Four of us are women. And that's a that's pretty much a historic first. And of those women, three of us are people of color. You know, so we have such a diverse perspective within the community and we are willing to fight hard because we've all experienced what disenfranchisement looks like. So we're all very, very passionate, but we're also very pragmatic as well, because we realize you can't push people faster than they can go. And so we're very much about how do we partner? How do we build bridges to the people that share our values and what people don't realize? There's really a lot of people that are disenfranchised from both political parties who really share our values. I mean, you look across America, nobody would argue with you that in the richest and greatest country that may have ever existed, that there should never be somebody who's hungry. In right. fact, there's there's no reason anybody should be unhoused. Absolutely none. But yet we have, you know, what, eight, six or seven, eight billion uh, billionaires running around the country flying to the moon while people are starving. Come on now. Yeah. And not having places to live. And not only that, but education, health care, all of that. People are so concerned that it's going to arrive, you know, at the hands of a socialist government. But nobody's saying that. I'm a staunch capitalist. I'm sorry, my progressive friends may not like that, but I am very much a capitalist and an entrepreneur. I realize that some of us live the entrepreneur spirit. That's what I am. I like creating a business. I like making money. I like doing those things. But you know what I turn around and use that money for? I spend it on my community. I spend it on getting candidates elected who are going to continue to support the community. Because when you we are entrusted with wealth, that wealth can't just be used for us. It's got to be it, we have to do on a voluntary level share. And how we do that, we give people good paying jobs. We give people um, opportunities that that they have in terms of supporting them for education and the rest of it. So I think those are some of the important dynamics that need to be paid attention to about what's changing and how exciting it is because Stonewall is positioned to push those candidates that are going to work on behalf of the people. And we're going to keep our democratic republic. We have a democratic republic with a capitalist um, economic system and capitalism left unrestrained is a disaster. It is a, a unmitigated disaster. But capitalism, small business, medium business, where the monopolies are truly put in check, where people have opportunity to compete and to be creative and inventive, guess what? That's been the best system that has ever existed on this planet. It gives everybody opportunity to be where they want to be, in my opinion, of course. Wow, that was uh, that was truly incredible. You made so many good points uh, such a dense uh, answer if you're just joining us this is the blunt post with vic on kpfk 90.7 fm we are always here on monday mornings at 8 a.m uh, i am your host vic jarami and i'm actually doing an interview with renee rodriguez the new president of the stonewall democratic club so many things stood out but one of the most important things that i uh, I really like that you mentioned is this that that even some of us who are from oppressed uh, minorities, you know, in, in this case, LGBTQ, 
uh, sometimes can sort of get caught up in the machine and sort of, um, for lack of a better word, sell out to the establishment. Uh, and that includes the democratic establishment. Um, I know that, well, I guess I'm just going to say it, you know, uh, I, I used to be such a big fan of GLAD, which used to stand for Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Uh, it, it stands for something else now, but, which is great because they had to incorporate LGBTQ. Um, either way, it was an organization that really called out uh, media companies, studios, networks uh, that disparaged the LGBTQ community when we were portrayed in negative light, etc. And then they started their strategic partnerships with big corporate names like MSNBC and, you know, NBC Universal and such. And I saw such a decline in uh, openness uh, to call out some of these people uh, the way they used to, because now they were sort of uh, obliged to play the game and play the politics of respectability because of these things. And I'm so glad that you know, you're at the helm of Stonewall, and that's something that's clearly, clearly in your consciousness. That you know, sometimes with best intentions, we can get caught up in in people pleasing or um, sort of not realizing that we can slowly also turn into the machine and the establishment. Well, to interrupt you just a little bit, I wanted to say this: is that understand the establishment that's there now. Okay, these are people that were formerly disenfranchised and who worked very hard to organize. They worked hard and long to organize and get into power where they are. And the difficulty becomes is that once you get into power, there's a sense of relief that comes like, oh, okay, now we're going to be okay. But the thing is, is that the work of organizing hasn't ended. It never ends. Every generation has to be reintroduced into how important it is to participate in our in our government, to participate in politics and the rest of it. And that work never ends, but it's exhausting work. And so people do get exhausted. So isn't it easier when a big union or and not to disparage all unions, there's some good unions out there. But when a big union or a high dollar corporate partner comes along and says, don't spend all that time canvassing, knocking on doors and talking to people. That's too much energy. You need to be doing your legislative work and your policy work. I'm going to write you a big fat check so that you don't have to work that hard. It becomes it's like, wow, I get a break. Right. You know what I mean? Um you get that little bit of a break and it becomes very seductive. All of a sudden, it's not so hard to keep your power that you work so hard for. And then at the same time, the people that gave you that, that are starting to support you to stay in power are becoming the very people that you need to call out and you feel like you can't because you're indebted to them, right? So you're, you feel like you're indebted to them. So this is some of the issues that we all face. I think that there has to be a higher purpose to avoid that seduction. In my case, the higher purpose was, is I was formerly homeless. I was a drug addict, alcoholic, and a mess before I ever became an attorney. And I got sober. And when I got sober, I'm celebrating 29 years this year. Thank God. Congrats. Thank God I'm sober. Thank you very much. And in doing that, I know 
that my focus has to stay. If I want to stay sober, my focus has to stay truly on the people and speaking truth and always speaking truth to power. And I have to trust that as long as I'm speaking truth to power, everything will turn out exactly the way it's supposed to. It may turn out that I have no power, that I'm removed from office. But so far, all the work I've done calling out and calling people in, out and guess what? Now I ended up as president of Stonewall. I still don't know how that happened, but it did. But it, it has to come because I'm doing the work from the heart. And that's what I see. More and more candidates are coming forward to do the work from the heart. And we need to support them and give them love and support and make sure that we give them as much protection as we can from that seduction of power that comes because power, absolute power corrupts or corrupt something. I think that's the phrase that, that they use. And it's like, and we have to remember to show up for each other. So when we all start showing up, we're all doing the canvassing, we're all doing the phone banking, we're all showing up to vote, we're all engaging with other members of the community, and we're all participating. Guess what? It's light work for many hands, like Kevin Costner said in, the, in Dancing with Wolves, light work for many hands. So I, I think that's the important thing right there. And it is seductive. And But just remember that establishment, they were once us. So once we move into that position, let's remember that. So that way we can keep lifting people up from the generations behind us and bring them forward and know that they have a place in power. One of the things that I'm always telling the establishment is to say, look, shared power is power squared. And a lot of people think that once they acquire the power, they don't need to share it. That's wrong. The minute you get the power, you need to start giving it away to, so that other people can come up the ranks with you so that we can build a shared powered community so that we can all benefit. And that's where we are now starting to teach the establishment folks that are there. Some of them that come from that establishment background are starting to see. We learned in Karen Bass's election for, for mayor of Los Angeles, Caruso spent $110 million dollars Bass spared, spent $10 million. Money didn't buy that election. Values did. Right. And while Karen Bass is maybe not the most perfect candidate that I would have wanted at the end of the day, she is the one that gets it as far as the values of, of putting people first. And she does, she tries to do that in every way that she can. And But sometimes the political establishment doesn't always let you do what you want to accomplish, but you got to keep fighting for it. That's what it comes down to. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. We are always here on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Uh, I am your host, Vic Jarami, and I'm actually doing an interview with Renee Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. But before we get back to the interview, I want to remind you that we are in Pledge Drive we are asking for donations so that we can keep uh, the lights on, the station going, and to bring you the kind of information, entertainment that you're accustomed to. Uh, so please help us out, as you always have, uh, by calling 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. Or go online to kpfk.org. Uh, you can choose to receive an incentive, uh, a gift, if you will, or just uh, or just make a donation. Again, that number is 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org. Thank you. Yeah, Vic, let me just jump in here. Uh, I just want to say that our, our listeners are an essential part of 
this radio station. Um, our listeners provide the funding that keeps us on the air. The news, the arts, the music, everything that KPFK offers is surrounding our listeners, and it's because of our listeners. Please call 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org to make a pledge online and keep KPFK thriving and keep us on the air. Uh, we can't do this without you. Uh, I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and I'm actually doing an interview with Rene Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. Here's my big question, I guess. Going into uh, this election year, after several years of the right, basically chipping away at some of our hard-earned uh, rights as an LGBTQ community, you know, we have a lot to tackle. We have a lot to to deal with. Some of it is just uh, basically undoing uh, the harm, and some of it is just pushing pushing for our rights uh, because it's not over yet. What's your focus as the president of Stonewall and some of the top challenges uh, going into next year? Well, I think some of the challenges, the most important challenges that we face is maintaining our focus and creating a specific, definite plan of action over these next two years of what we will focus on. Um, our, our board is going to have a retreat coming up in a couple of weeks. And it's not for me to say what our focus should be. It's going to be for the entire board. And we're going to come together as a team to collaborate and find out where can we most focus. Um, some of the places I'm hoping that we will most focus is we are working on our um, on trying to regain the House. And eight of the congressional districts that are vulnerable to being flipped are right here in California. So there's a lot that Stonewall can do right here in California. So what it is, is we really have to motivate our membership and our allies to please come out and let's support these events. Um, there's, an, there's important ways you can get information. If you're a member of Stonewall, or even if you're just on our mailing list, you can get our weekly Stonewall agenda. And we tell you what kinds of things you can do, even little things. Because one of the things I recognize, and this is what I'm bringing to Stonewall, is that when you're working full time, and sometimes you even have to have two jobs to survive in this economy, and you're trying to raise a family, there's not a lot of extra time left over to participate in the political world. And that's what I'm working on with Stonewall is to make um, actions, political actions that are effective, that don't demand a lot of time or money, that it's just little actions that we can take um, by organizing relationally, talking to our friends and family, Forget the taboo that we shouldn't talk about politics and religion. Now, more than ever, we need to talk about politics. And in some cases, we may need to talk about religion. And we have to learn how to communicate and have those discussions with, with each other in our family. How do we come to a place and say, you know what, we actually do share values. We may not agree on the process of getting there, but we do share common values that I've expressed previously. And um, I think we're uh, very much positioned in Stonewall to model that behavior, 
We are learning how to talk to one another. We went recently, our board has attended a very important um, diversity, equity, and inclusion training um, to help us unmask those areas that we're all that we all have internalized being Americans of what supremacy sometimes looks like about us trying to be better than other people based on our, our physical characteristics rather than being competitive in a way that's healthy. So I think those are some of the things that we're going to model in Stonewall. We're going to create opportunities for more people to take a smaller bite at the apple with more of us biting at that apple. We'll get this, or oh, they say the elephant, we're going to eat the elephant one bite uh -huh. at a time. Well, this is how we do it, right? Yeah. We get more people involved and we nibble, 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 and don't give up. So I'm not sure where the focus will be because we're being attacked on all fronts at the school level. Um, you know, the they are being accused of Republican indoctrination. We're being uh, accused of women being immor immoral. We're being accused of LGBTQ people should be not be seen or heard from. I mean, there's just a lot out there. But by us being visible in every space possible, and that's the one thing that Stonewall will specialize in, is we want to build out and train more leaders. We want to teach more of our members how to run for office, how to get appointed to committees, how do you serve on a school board, how do you start to raise your community's awareness about the fact that you are a heart-centered person who's ready to serve the community in a positive way so that money doesn't become the limitation of keeping people out of office that need to be in office to serve us. Indeed. Renee, you mentioned about... Uh those listening that they can get updates from Stonewall, how can they do that? So if you'll go to our website, www.stonewalldems.org, -E you'll see buttons on there where you can click support, volunteer, you can join. Um, we have uh, income sensitive rates for people that if you don't have a lot of money and you still want to be a member, please do. And one of the things that were important things we're doing to create, uh, to keep accessibility for all people in to our meetings is we are keeping our main general meetings online. We will keep them on Zoom so that way people can participate from anywhere they, they need to come from. They don't have to travel all the way to West Hollywood to make that happen. So that's a great benefit that came to us out of COVID. But one of the other things we're doing now is we're expanding our social network in terms of organizing more events throughout the county so that we can have in-person connections because in-person is where we build trust. It's where we build relationships. And that's the most important thing right now is building those relationships, increasing trust among us that we know, and this is the most important value of all that I'll leave your listeners with, that we must begin to think as a community that we want good for everybody else around us as much as we want it for our own. I want every kid yes. around me to have great education. I want people to be housed. I want, even if people, if you know, and we gotta get rid of this mentality about people that deserve healthcare, that deserve housing, that deserve, people that work hard are not the only people that deserve that. Every human being should deserve it because you never know what that person's going through in terms of mental health issues. You don't know what resources they were born with or didn't have when they grew up. We don't know. And we shouldn't be judging that way. The way we should recognize is that we are human beings and every human being is represents potential. Isn't that what the Re Republican army tries to bring home about why abortion should be illegal? Because every single one of those lives are important. Well, right here, I do believe just like they do that every one of our lives is important to this extent that says, you know what, when we're already born 
every single one of us needs to be taken care of, that we have to find a way to take care of each other. And I hope that people will begin to think about that. Remember when we say Semper Fi or when we say leave no person behind, what happened to that? Now we're so focused on who deserves what and who doesn't that we're destroying ourselves. And that has to change. So please come back to your heart. Come back to community that says, you know what? I want good for you as much as I want it for my own. I like that. Thank you for that. Uh, Renee, before we go, is there a question I should have asked that I missed or something you want to add? Um, you know, there's something I love to brag about. It's one thing I love to brag about all the time. Please. You didn't ask me what, what I did for fun. What do you do for fun, Renee? I ride motorcycles. Oh, that's right. Of course. And I love riding them very long distance. I have two um, what they call uh, iron butt awards where I've driven on my motorcycle a thousand miles or more in one 24 hour period. Wow. And wow. I love to ride. And anybody wants to go for a ride, feel free to give me a call. Be careful, Renee. You're going to have a lot of emails in your inbox. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Renee, thank you so much for um, being on the show, for sharing all this incredible information and i hope those listening who are interested would go to your website which is uh, stonewalldams.org uh, yes find out more info uh, sign up for a newsletter etc and um, yeah i'm sure we'll talk uh, as months go by and we get closer to uh, the election and uh, i shouldn't say good luck to you because you don't need it but good luck we, we could all use a little bit of luck, right? True, true. All right. You, well, Vic, thank, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. I do appreciate you um, doing the work that you're doing to introduce the community to the work that Stonewall is doing. And um, we'd love to work with you some more. Likewise. Thanks, Renee. Thank you, Renee, for, um, for being on the show this morning, for the wealth of information uh, you gave us. Uh, you don't need luck, but good luck uh, with Stonewall Democratic Club. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking and uh, I'd love to have you back on soon. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible. And KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. -E Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.